So we're seeing 70 to 90% reduction in overturn appeals because that data exists up front, right? So you get the right answer more quickly. Hi, I'm Marianne Bohr with Hims. Today I'm sitting down with Matt Cunningham, EVP Product Authorizations at Availity LLC. And today we'll talk about authorizations as a use case for AI. Now, before we start, I want to say thank you to Availity for sponsoring this podcast. Availity is the place where healthcare finds the answers needed to shift the focus back to patient care. We work to solve communication challenges in healthcare by creating a richer, more transparent exchange of information among health plans, providers, and technology partners. As one of the nation's largest health information networks, Availity facilitates billions of clinical, administrative, and financial transactions annually. Our suite of dynamic products, built on a powerful, intelligent platform, enables real-time collaboration for success in a competitive, value-based care environment. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. Matt, can you start by telling us a little bit about your background, experience, and how you ended up working with AI and prior authorizations? So I started my career in the Army, um, nine years uh, in infantry operations, and eventually ended up leaving the military to join a relatively small startup who was um, in the prior authorization space in 2005, right when prior authorizations uh, started to sort of take off. Um, So consider me, I would usually say one of the top 10 people who probably created the problem that we're trying to solve at this point. So I served in uh, pretty much every operational executive role from call center operations to product operations, CIO, and eventually the last few years while I was at that that company looked at innovation within the prior authorization space. And so I've um, been passionate about the the need to for a good medical utilization management program, but also passionate about the fact that we can do this very differently now that the technology exists. So fantastic. So can you share some of the recent talk that's within and outside of healthcare right now about AI? Yeah, well ultimately AI has shown up. I mean, I think everyone can agree, especially those of us, for instance, have kids are teaching us about ChatGPT and everything else. And and I would say for a long time, it's been kind of a buzzword, but not very well known. But I can say very confidently that that now we are in an age of AI. I think Harvard Business Review did an article called Stop Tinkering with AI. And it said like companies that apply AI vigorously will dominate their industry over the next few decades. So the bottom line is uh, you know, we have to understand that it's here and we have to take take advantage of it. Um, that being said, um, there have been significant, well, there have been significant trends uh, for AI. For instance, uh, if you look at 2021, we'd sort of say the language and image recognition capabilities like handwriting recognition, speech recognition, image recognition, how it can read, um, have all reached the point where AI is better than humans in those areas. All that will happen around 2021. So, those of us been working in natural language processing and others prior to that would say now it's different. Like what happened before 2021 is markedly different than after 2020. So that's that's good, right? We've got a lot of really nice capabilities that we didn't have even two years ago, right? And there are other bad things about that. So if people look at deep learning. One of the things that that we're talking about right now is generative AI, right? So AI that can create synthetic data that can create images, those kind of things, that's different necessarily than deep learning that can answer a really specific question. So I think it's important to sort of recognize that there are not only new new capabilities, but the techniques do differ differ a lot. And so I think it's important to really 
understand kind of how do we think about the ethics in AI, especially as we're going towards healthcare. Um, so anyways, AI has shown up. It's very different. Um, at Availity, we would suggest that there are some very specific principles that we're applying when we're thinking about AI uh, in the in our space. Um, one of those, it's it, you need a use case, like no nail-seeking hammers. You know, we've got this technology. Don't just sort of you know you know go find some place to use it. It's really important that we look at what we're trying to accomplish, what's the value, who are the constituents and stakeholders within that, and how does that sort of create value? So we're very very targeted, and we'll talk about authorizations, why that's such an important, a really good use case. Secondly, though, I think it's important to make sure that there is transparency. There's no black boxes. You know, AI should be doing something. It's like when you were a kid in math, you should show your work, right? There should be a place where we're saying, this is where AI is being used. Here's what it found. Here's what it didn't find. And then there's a way to audit the AI's work. So we would use those two main principles of saying transparency, auditability. Um, and we don't currently use generative AI. We don't right now think it's a good use case in healthcare for the areas we're looking at, especially in authorizations. And so you sort of just have to think about what techniques should you use, not just can you use those. Absolutely. Now, what are some of the major industry trends that you think are impacting healthcare right now? Yeah, I would say I would say over the course of the last 10 years, there's been some major, um, what I would say, consolidations. There's major health system consolidations um, that cause economies of scale, in some cases in good ways. In other cases, you start looking at cost centers um, that that influence the ability to, to charge more. And so you got some cost increases, uh, but consolidation of the payer health systems, consolidation of the provider health systems, consolidation of the payer health systems as well. You've got health plans buying health plans. And so you sort of have this movement towards larger entities talking and interacting with larger entities. Um, there are industry regulatory improvements and pressures. So we're looking at things like how do you interact with, uh, with data and interoperability? Those are all we think good Trends, the fire, for instance, and DaVinci uh, work, we think creates better standards to interact with data and something you can read. Um, and I think there's also been important regulatory initiatives from CMS that look at to the industry, we have to do better, right? So I think there's um, those are good. Uh, and ultimately, I think um, EMRs, consolidation EMRs are creating opportunities to get data in and out in a in a uh, in a better way we're not perfect like at, at that so but those are all good trends we have more access to data we're talking uh, about data interoperability with fewer people and fewer interactions and the payers are sort of consolidated those are all what i would say macro trends uh in the in the industry um that i think do create a little bit different environment to do more technology advances that may have been sort of 10 15 years ago i see so how do you think those trends are impacting authorizations and what are some of the key challenges that are resulting from that? Uh, well, so I would say what, what, when I started this in 2005, we had uh, in prior authorization, we had nurses that were, you know, it's not if, but when your system went down, you had a yellow pad of paper that you're going to write it down or upload it. You know, you've got a nurse talking to a clinician on a doctor's uh, doctor office talking about medical policy and, and, and criteria. So it's sort of a very clinical conversation about what we're trying to accomplish in that particular study. That to me was fantastic. That that worked very well, it was very appropriate, but that didn't scale. So what happened between 2005 and 2015, those of us who were sort of operationally oriented did more work with sort of creating forms that you're filling out, questions or dynamic questions that became the way that we get to an answer 
generally with a non-clinical person trying to answer those that information without much access to or interaction with the data. So we sort of lost the sort of human clinical conversation in order to scale. And we've lost some, what I would say, connection to the reasons why we're doing it. So all of that, uh, and, and we're doing a lot more prior authorization. So all those trends get into the health plan is responsible for determining what to pay for, right? And, and so they're trying to do that within a question, is it medically necessary? I think that's a very good check and balance. But universally, I would say, given the volume of authorizations that are out there, it's a universally hated process. Like it is necessary and hated at the same time. And so I think those trends, again, that consolidation, we're doing a lot more of these processes. It's impacting a lot more uh, people. And we're not doing it in a way that really is is has a high integrity and definitely not automated. So that's where the current state of authorizations is in 2023 and it's been that way for a while you know so there's there's opportunity but there's a need for significantly well speaking of how it's such a an unpopular process why are authorizations such a good use case for ai and why now yeah so if you go back to uh that question that the way that that i started this process in 2005 like in a perfect world you know, you've got a nurse who's trained in the health plan's medical policy, who's responsible for paying for this procedure based on the benefit, is answering one question. Is the procedure medically necessary for this patient, for this condition, and based on the current evidence-based medical literature? Like that, you could argue, is an important check and balance. And if you could do that effectively, that's a good process. Um, but because the today's process is very manual and non-clinical, in, including data, it's not what I would think answering that that question very effectively. So back when I said what, what AI can do now compared to where it was prior to 2021, it can read clinical notes really well. In fact, faster and probably more accurately than a nurse could, right? Um, it can understand and you can teach it through deep learning how to interpret the medical policy in a way that a chief medical officer uh, or a medical staff at a health planner. So now you have this capability of AI being able to represent a, a clinical document and compare that to medical policy and then specifically state that's true or not, right? So that that capability does exist. We're proving that out at scale. That to me means we're actually able to have a clinical to clinical conversation again, right? Where the, the data, that's I think back to where we were in 2005, but at scale. And you could argue that does make it a good process. If AI can do that and we say, yes, majority of the time in prior authorizations, in fact, like in radiology, 80% of the time we say yes, right? So AI can be really good at saying yes, right? 80% of the time that could be a pretty by exception experience. And if you start from a clinical document compared to just a bunch of attestations, then you can actually say that's a very competent statement that it matches the medical policy for that patient, right? So that that's capable today. So we're now talking a by exception, yes, right? Now, when it's a, I don't know, you know, or not competently, Yes, then we have to have clinicians talk through it. So what the idea would be to have the, the clinical conversations for humans interacting where it's a little bit messier, you know, where it's kind of like, we don't know, maybe there's an exception. That's a good use of time for clinicians, in my opinion. So we sort of get to the AI representing clinicians accurately where we don't need the human's conversation and humans interacting where it's messy so that we can treat patients more quickly. We can get through the process more effectively and have higher confidence. So that's the point is that AI can do that now for a yes. That makes a lot of sense. So how do you feel AI is helping the authorization process and how can it be further leveraged for that? Yeah, so we're um, we're taking the opinion that, again, use case by use case, um, where you've got very high volume authorizations um, and precise 
medical policy, and there's a clinical document present. Those three three things sort of have to be exist. Then we can have AI really get out of the way and allow the, the humans to get out of the way of the process. So that's where we're starting uh, is in the sort of outpatient, traditionally what I would say delegated to a medical benefit management company or someone else. Those are places that we can get a, a very, very high integrity by exception process um, and, and do that in a way that the health plan gets better data. We get better experience from the provider, sort of everyone wins in that particular process. So that's what we're we're showing can be done. That's very different that I talked about kind of the status quo today of a non-clinical person working through the process. And so we think that's a, a sort of a very industry shift that is now capable. And I think the, the industry is ready for that one. So that's where we're starting. Got availability. The nice part is availability sort of is positioned as being the network of healthcare, right? We have relationships with, with you know, a large majority of the payers in the market. We have interactions with majority of the providers in the market. And so we can sit in the middle and allow AI to, to do that work without having to go to every health system and every provider. So we think we can actually demonstrate this at scale, and we're doing that across the board in Florida. Um, but we think that sort of says AI has arrived in authorizations, and we can prove that that's very different than the existing status quo. I see. So uh, what do you believe is the main benefit of AI for authorizations? Well, the first one is is a better experience for the um, for everyone involved. Um, we're getting to a yes confidently, in fact, more confidently than we were before. Um, we're doing it faster. And so if I'm a patient waiting in a doctor's office in the previous to this world, you would go to the doctor and they say, I think you need an MRI of your of your of your knee, right? And and they would say, We'll tell you when we can schedule you. And at some point between days and weeks later, you'll get a call and say, We got it approved. We're gonna go get you scheduled, right? So that patient experience is sort of stop, wait, stop, wait. In this world, you can say majority of the time, can you just wait for for a few minutes while I go get this thing uh, checked out with the health plan? And then while they're in the waiting room, you can come back and say, you're approved. Now let me go schedule you. So that experience of allowing the, the health plan still be confident that there is a, it's a medically necessary procedure with data, right? We can say that confidently, but the patient care doesn't get interrupted. The but the person who wins the most is the, is the patient and the doctor who's saying, I should need that MRI to diagnose what we're trying to do next, then the case patient, the physician gets benefiting. So I think the point is we still need prior authorization. We still need authorizations across the board or utilization management. So keep that system in place, that check check and balance in place, but don't interrupt the patient continuum. That's probably the best way I could describe the by exception utilization process compared to the um, the current state. I see. So uh, to wrap up, can you kind of talk about some of the results you've seen? Yeah, so we're across the board in the state of Florida um, on, in doing this for radiology, advanced imaging, uh, musculoskeletal um, procedures, including hip and knee, um, uh, for a commercial Medicaid. So it's a it's a broad, we did a million cases last year across the board. So it is an at-scale uh, implementation. Uh, and just like the current process, about 80% of the time, humans say yes uh, to the process. It takes a lot of work to get there. Our AI is able to recommend to the health plan, it is medically necessary, about that same amount, right? So about 70% of the time, our AI is confidently saying it's yes, and it's at that speed that we're talking about. So if you think about for those million patients that went through through the process last, last year, they're getting that experience, right? So that, I think we're saying we're at parity to the human decisions and much, much faster than the existing piece. That translates, obviously, to turnaround time. But a lot of the other things that we hate about prior authorization is that 
because there's not a lot of data coming through the system, you might say no 10% of the time, but the doctor says, well, if you just asked for that piece of information, I would have given it to you. So there's like these non-certifications that go through and then it comes back as approved because there's data, right? So we're seeing 70 to 90% reduction in overturn appeals because that data exists up front, right? So you get the right answer more quickly. Appeals and grievances, overall grievances, complaints for authorizations went down at that same 70% of time. And our turnaround time for large majority of those cases at 90 seconds, right? So if you think about those types of stats, that's a that's a pretty different experience uh, in, in in healthcare. And so we've got a lot of appetite. We're, we're really excited about uh, how this could be uh, used in other markets uh, in other health plans. And I think the industry has been ready for this for a while. So we're excited to to show how we can do this across the country. But ultimately, I think the bottom line is um, that the, the industry's can significantly shifted. Wow. So Matt, thank you for joining us today. And thank you so much for your insights. Glad to be here. Thanks for your interest. Special thanks to Availity, of course, for sponsoring this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of your day.